Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. I'm really passionate about uh, reaching out, as you can hear, and uh, there's more, more and more and more and more and more to do. There's more people to reach. And um, I remember the day in 2012 when I sat and I just, I sat in a Grace Life conference and um, Arthur Manches was the speaker and he shared on the goodness of God and he shared on the fact that judgment was dealt with at the cross. And I was sitting in the back and I was a door usher, literally sitting at the door and welcoming people in. And, uh, and I just said, I was out of my seat. And I was like, this news is too good. We cannot keep this. Why does the world not know this? Why does the world not know this? And, and then I said, I want to get up and I want to give, I want to give of myself. I want to, people need to know. Amen? People need to know. It's like when there's free Wi-Fi. Huh? It's just better. <laughs> people need to know about it. So that's really uh, what we're about. So this morning I want to share with you a message called, Is Your Truth in the Way? Is your truth in the way? And it's really a, a profound thought, if you will, because it goes, uh, it goes two ways, no pun intended. But is your truth in the way? Now, not a lot of good-meaning Christians are fighting for truth. I mean, you know some of them. Maybe you're looking at some of them. We're fighting for truth. We want to know what truth is. The world needs to know what truth is. And you see, that's a profound question because even Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And I think Jesus answered sort of like you're looking at it. You see, what we should do as Christians is we should be about the truth. But the truth is found in the way. Now, if you're not awake yet, I hope the coffee was strong enough. The truth is found in the way because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. So if we have a truth that is not Jesus, then it's no truth we're fighting for. So that's what the question is. Are you, is your truth in the way? That's why it's capital W. Because if it's a small W, then your truth might be in the way of someone receiving Christ. Your truth might be hindering someone from receiving Christ. Yes, you might be right, but we were never called to be right. We were called to be light. Amen? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's not the tree we should have eaten of. And as new creations, that's not the tree that we eat of. We eat of the tree of life. Which is light. You know in heaven there's going to be no sun. I made this joke the other day. There's going to be no sun. S-U-N. Because there's a sun. S-O-N. It says that in the word. Because there won't be night and day. Because the brightness and the glory of, of, of who Christ is will shine continuously. So why is this so important? We're actually busy with a bigger theme around getting to know God better. So we've looked at what's the will of God. How do we pray? How do we pray better prayers? What is the vision for the church? Uh, last week we looked at some interesting things as well. And the fact is, can we know God? And, and some of the feedback that I've heard in the week was, it's so important that we know God because the God we know is the God we reflect. Yeah. The God we know is the God we, we reflect to a world out there. So if you are fighting for truth, and that is truth to be right, truth what is wrong and right, truth what, is, what the world is missing, yes, I mean the world is confused, who's with me? So I'm not belittling the fact that the world needs truth. But I'm expanding on the fact that the world needs Christ more than, than truth. They need truth, Jesus, and then they will fall in line. Then they will be renewed in their minds, and then we will all live in a greater place. Amen? Having a new political party who's got the right laws in place is not going to help us. 
Sharing Christ Jesus is going to help us. Getting people come to Christ is going to help us. Sharing the Prince of Peace is going to help us. So Daniel 11.32 says it clearly. It says in the second part of the verse, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So who wants to be strong? Okay, who wants to carry out great exploits? I mean, we want our, our lives to count. We want our church to count. We want our lives to make a difference. But what is the key then? According to this verse, is to know God. If you don't know God, then the opposite is, then you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to be strong. So if someone is weak, you need to minister to them to get to know God better. You don't send them to the gym. Amen? You send them to, to spend time with Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to equip you as well. Getting to know God better helps us to make better decisions. It helps us to live more fruitful. It helps us to be better at work and to, to maybe be more successful in this world. But it's not about those things. It's about knowing God. And then the fruit thereof is to know God. Then you will be strong and then you will do great things. But then the, the great things we do should be according to God's measure of greatness. Because if we're going to do great things according to the world standard and we don't know God, then we think we're successful, but we're going to come there one day, and He says, I do not know you. You see, that's why that verse is in the Bible, and we looked at it last week, because it's more about knowing God than doing these great things, because you need to get the right order. And I think that's what we, 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 we're busy with as well. We're putting things in order. We're putting the, 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 the cart behind the horse. So we want to do great things, amen, but get to know God. That's where you start. We want to share the truth, yes, but find it in the way. We want to live this life, yes, but it's the way, it's the truth, it's the life. And we need to get, that's a divine order in Scripture. Nothing in Scripture is there by chance. So John 14 is where we get it. And it starts off so beautifully in verse 1. and says, let not your heart be troubled. I mean, that ministers to me every time. That should minister to you. That's not the topic, but that will help. Amen. <laughs> because it's truth. Let not your heart be troubled. Maybe you are confronted with new truth. Maybe you're confronted with new doctrine. Maybe you're confronted with a different view of church. Maybe you're confronted with the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Maybe you're confronted with, with troubles. I know. I know what people go through because I tend to go through them with it. Amen? That's part of what I do. That's why we, 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 we carry each other's burdens. So I know of the burdens even in this room. But I want to share with you this morning, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. It's a decision. Why? Because you believe in God, now believe in Christ, His Son. Because it's going to work out? No, because you believe. It's not about how it works out. It's because believing means knowing. Knowing God. Believe also in me. Now listen to this verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now what we do as Christians, I've realized, is we live as people of the destination, more so than people of the way. Christians want to get to heaven, the destination. So when we read this verse, we think this is where we're going, but who's the mansion? Mansion is not where you're going. Mansion is who you are. Because where does God dwell? In you. The Greek there can also be translated room. So my father's house has many rooms. That makes more sense. If you teach prosperity, then you don't want to do that because you want to teach mansions. Amen? Because then you take up an offering and you sell bricks. I heard this the other day. It literally <laughs> nauseated me. This church, which I don't know the name luckily, they ordered a truckload of bricks. 
They prayed over the bricks. And whatever you tithe to a brick, that would become your house. That's what they told the people. You know what's that? It's witchcraft. Because it's manipulation. Now, you are the mansion. You are the room. You are where God lives. And I was like contemplating in worship, should I go into this? Because it's not really the message. But when uh, the words came, when Ruan gave your word, I was like, okay, that's convincing enough. We are where God dwells. That was the word. And I was like, okay, Lord, then I want to share what you want to share. And it still fits into the theme because I made a nice slide and it's going to be with that. But we'll see. I have told you. What did I tell you? That you are the room in my father's house. I go prepare a place for you. And if you go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you will be also. So we read verse 3 and we think second coming. But this is said before the cross. And he draws all to himself. I believe that is in... Is it Acts? Is it in, it's just after the cross. He calls them to himself. Where? On the mount. And he makes bread and fish and he does breakfast. Bride for breakfast. Guys, come on. Huh? I like Jesus even more so. Amen? Ladies, if you want to, to find the way to your man's heart, be like Jesus. Do bride for breakfast. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. In this church, if you've been here a few weeks, you will know Ephesians 2.6. That says, I am seated where? In Christ, where? In heavenly places. So it's not a place where we're going. It's not a destination. It's where we are. So if we read one, John 14, then it says, when I draw you to me, then you will be where I am. So that's why we need to live in the way. What is the way? You know the first Christians, weren't known, they were not known as Christians. They were known as what? Followers of the way. It says this way caused ructions. This way in the King James says caused no small stir. Now I like that's proper English for saying this was a khurat gemosh. No? no small stir. Thank you King James. There was an uproar. There was ructions. There was, there, was, there was life. There was revival. Why? Because they were living in the way. Yes, and that way leads to truth and that truth leads to life. But we start in the way. When our truth is in the way, then we live life. But if our truth gets in the way, which means it's us, not Jesus, then we have a problem. So is it capital W or is it small w? Let's go to Exodus. 1 John 4.13 was the word that came. It says, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He's given us His Spirit. What is that? That's the dwelling. That's the mansion. That's the house. So Exodus, Exodus 17 Sorry, Narnia, that's not in the notes. Exodus 17, and I was so blessed by this. I mean, all of it is amazing. You can go and start in verse 5. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smeltest the river, take thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before you upon the rock. Now that's a cliff. You shall smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, The Lord um, among us, is the Lord among us or not? You see, that's the question. Is the Lord among us or not? That's the question. Are we in the way or are we in the way of what Jesus wanted to do? Are we in the way doing what Jesus is doing or are we in the way blocking frustrating grace. That's what it is. 
Because frustrating grace or falling from grace does not equal sin. Falling from grace equals self-effort. Because you're saying it's no longer grace, it's no longer what Christ did, but it is now what I do. And I want to show you from Exodus 17 that it's no new thing. Because in Exodus 17, when we read on, in verse 12, no, let's start earlier. Verse 8, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow will I stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So you see, Moses grows and he realizes this is no small rod. This is not just a simple rod. Now this is the rod of God. When we speak grace, we know this is not just the message. This is the message of God. When we get into the way, we know it's not just a way. It is the way of Christ. Amen. That is how we should treat what we've got. This is not just a spirit. I ministered this to someone last night and I said, God is a still spirit. He is a powerful spirit. He is spirit. So we need to, this is not a spirit. This is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So it's the rod of God. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So what the picture here really is, is self-effort or not. When Moses does nothing, and Israel fight, what happens? They lose. Okay? When he lifts his hands, they win. So what is the picture? Verse 12 gives us the answer. But Moses' hands were heavy. Okay, so in grade 3, if we weren't still in class, we had to stand on a chair... And we need to put our hands on our heads. That was the punishment. Because you're not allowed to, obviously, smack a child. And you know what? It, like, even the most... The, all the... All the all, all, now they were like, now nah, we can do this. I mean, ten minutes in, you're like, you look like an idiot. Because your hands are heavy. Now what happens is they make Moses sit... And they don't just sit somewhere, he sits on a rock. And now there's two people, one on each side. don't know if you've realized, but there was a man on a cross on a rock. And there were two people, one on each side. And he was in the middle. His name was Jesus. But this is a foreshadow of what was to come. And he was seated, Moses on the rock now. And one on his side and one on his other side. One was Aaron and the one was her. And what they did is they, as he sat... They held up his arms. That is the exact posture of Christ on the cross. Seated on a rock. Hanging by his arms. Needing someone to keep him up. In Jesus' case it was nails. In the shadow it was hands. And the one on his side is Aaron. And Aaron means the light bringer. And the one on the other side is her. And her means the whole. And I don't know if you realized, but in Jesus' time, there was two people, one on each side, two criminals, and the one ridiculed him. He was stuck in a hole. And the one on the other side, if you go to paradise, think about me. He was bringing light. He was bringing revelation because he knew who Christ was. So right in Exodus 17, we see the picture of the cross. And what happens? While the, while the picture of the cross prevails, read on. It says, and Joshua, Joshua, is salvation 
Joshua. It's the name of Jesus, by the way. It is, it is Jesus. It's not, we mess it up in the translation. Yeshua is Jesus. That's who it is. Okay? I'm not saying that was the shadow. That was not the Son of God. But the name is like ringing bells all over Israel. But Moses' hands became heavy. So Joshua, Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. You see, that is falling from grace. That is, are we fighting with the picture of the cross, beholding what Christ has done, or are we fighting what we do, the way because we want to be right? Are we looking to the light, or are we fighting what we have because we are in the way? We are aligning ourselves with the cross. We are aligning ourselves with the message of grace. We are aligning ourselves with what, 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 what Jesus came to do. We are aligning ourselves with grace. Because if we align ourselves, it means we get in the way. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So I'm asking you again this morning, is your truth in the way? You see, while it's not, then there's defeat. But once you get the picture of the cross and you align to that, then there's victory. But the beauty is, is the victory comes through Joshua. The victory comes through Joshua. The victory comes through Jesus. The victory comes through the sword of Jesus, which is the Word of God. So it's not my words, but when I speak the gospel, I speak on behalf of God, but I speak God's message. And I promise you, man, that is powerful. You know, in WWE, they say, don't try this at home. I want to tell you, try this at home. Share the gospel. Minister to someone. Tell them about grace. Tell them about Jesus. Share with them that it's not about their effort, but it's about what Christ has done. Isn't it amazing? But why do we do that? Because we know our God. We know His message. We know what He's done, and we know where we fit in. So back to John 14. We see here that, that Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Now He says in John 14:4. And where I go you know, and the way you know. So I know where you're going, you know where, you know where I'm going, and you know how to get there. And then Thomas, thank God for Thomas, amen? Because he makes us all feel better about ourselves, doesn't he? Thomas, you know Thomas is not the unbelieving one. He was. But he now believes. And we're going to see Thomas in heaven. Because he encountered Christ and he believed. So, yes, he was unbelieving Thomas, but he's now believing Thomas. He's a new creation. Amen? Where I go, you know, the way you know. So ask yourself this morning, do you know? You, you, me, let's ask ourselves, do we know? Do we know what? Do we know where we're going? And do we know how to get there? Do we know the way, the way of Christ? Do we know our God? Because if we get to know the way of Christ, we get to know our God and vice versa. Because the way of God is Christ. I showed you right from Exodus 17 that there's nothing new. That's the second book in the Bible. Amen. Thomas didn't know, but at least he was open about it. Verse 5 says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's why Jesus said, you know... Because you know me. Thomas, you don't yet know what I represent or what I bring or how it's going to work out. But you already know. Jesus wasn't lying. 
in verse 4. If we read verse 4, we think Jesus doesn't know what's going on. And then Thomas says, oh Lord, but we don't know. He says, no, you do. Because the truth is not found on a map. It's found in a person. The way is not found on a map. It's found on a person. They knew that person. They knew Christ. They knew Jesus. Life is not found in a destination. It's found in a journey. It's found in the way. It's profound. We know because you know me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. Then he says, to know me is to know my Father too. Verse 7 says, if you had already known me, you would have known my father, who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you see him. How do we get to know God? Through his Son, Jesus. So the question then is, how do we get to know Jesus? You see, in business they say there's a, there's a concept that you do to get to the root cause. And they say it's a, you ask why five times. I mean, some people study MBA to realize that you can look at a toddler. Why? Hukum? Hukum? Why? So it's nothing. Why? It's, it's, it's sonship. That's what God wants. Ask why. God, why do we get to know you? Okay, we get to know you through Christ. But how? But who? But yes, okay. Matthew 4.19 Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me. And I will transform you into men who catch people for God. That's the Passion Translation. He said to me, Follow me. Lord, where are we going? Doesn't matter. You see, we always want to, Lord, where is this path leading? Where are we going to end up? Where are we going? How is this going to work? That's not faith. Faith has come with me. Step into the way. Because we're in the, when, when you're in the way, then you find truth. And truth leads to life. So he gives us the answer, but it's not a destination. It's your new nature. Come and follow the way. And I love this because it says, I will transform you. We get to know truth in the way. We get to know truth while we're on the way. I love it when Natasha and I go on a, on a road trip. Because on the way, that's when the deep conversations happen. Who's had deep conversations in, 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 on road trips or in, in cars? You see? Jesus was, was clever after all, amen? If you fly there, it's a rush, and, you, and you're there and, there, and then you're like, okay, now, what now? But if you drive there, if you go slowly there, if, you, if, you, if you're on the way together, it doesn't really matter where you're going so much because we always have a rule that says the holiday starts when you leave your house, not when you arrive at the destination. It's the same here with, with Jesus. Eternity starts when you receive Christ, not when you die. You see, we have a mindset problem in Christianity that it's about the destination. I'm fine. I got my fire insurance. I'm saved. I'm ready to go. Whenever Jesus takes me, when he comes and picks his flower or whatever, I'm happy. I'm ready. So let's get on with life. 95% of Christianity, maybe. But we were not called to be people of the destination. We were called to be people of the way. What is the way? The way is opening your home. The way is opening your life. The way is laying down your life. The way is bringing your children to church. The way is to, to go out and reach out and reach every person and in every nation, every tribe and every town. The way is to, to live not just like Christ, but with Christ because we're in Christ. What is the way? The way is who Jesus is. So when we're in Him, we're in the way. 
but we're not putting truth as a stumbling block. We're finding truth as we life and do life with Him. You see, Jesus invited... If Jesus right there said to Peter and John, and He later calls John and, and, and His brother and the sons of Zebedee, if He told them where this is going, they would probably not have come with. Peter, come to your death. Upside down on a cross. Come. Who's in? <laughs> you see, Acts 1.8 speaks about witnesses. It's better translated martyrs. Go, come join the Christian life. Amen? It's going to be so awesome. Come be a martyr. But you can. You will probably. Because love is laying down your life. But we only know love when we get to know love. For love is not us loving God, but Him loving us first. So this is such a grace move because Jesus doesn't want you to show. But if Peter looks back, I don't know how old he, like, say he was 60 years old. I don't know. Some of you would probably know. Say he's hanging there on the cross, or he's on his way. And I think church history said he requested to be upside down because he didn't want to be in the same way as his master. Or was it Paul? I'm not sure. But anyway, Jesus prophesies to Peter that he will die a death that he didn't want to die. But right before he dies that death, or right after, if he looks back, do you think he would have made a different decision when Jesus invited him right here? Never. But he had to mature on the way. You see, that's why it's a grace move of God to call us into fellowship, to call us into journey, to call us into the way. Now, I know churches speak about let's journey together. And it's maybe a bit overplayed, but there's truth in it. Let's be on the way together. Not in the way. I think that's important. As, as, as Christians, we can often be in the way when we call to be on the way. So is your truth in the way? Does your truth align with Jesus? That's what we're asking this morning. We could also have called this, the knowing is in the going. The knowing is in the going. Because as we go with Him, we get to know Him. It's in the journey. It's what we call the life of faith. Jesus said to them, follow me. And they straight away left their nets and followed Him. What did they do? They left their nets. That's where a lot of us struggle. And then they go. You see, there's leaving and cleaving. We do that in marriage preparation. You need to leave your parents and you need to cleave to your spouse. You need to leave your old ways and you need to cleave to your new bridegroom, which is Christ. Now, I don't know what that is, but if that is money, if that is jobs, if that is sin, or whatever, there's a leaving. And until you do the leaving, you can't really do the cleaving. Because you're going to, say you leave one hand, whatever you're holding, and now you want to cleave to Christ, but there's still stuff in this hand. So you're not going to be as close as you want to in your mind because there's something in the way. In reality, you're one with Him, but you need to leave everything. Now, that doesn't mean everyone should resign when they come to Christ. Please, that's not what we're saying. It is, what are you trusting? Is your finances in the way of Christ? Is your, your, your trust, is the way you raise your kids, is your business, is... Is how you get to heaven. Is it in the way of Christ or is it in the way? 
I'm going to struggle in Afrikaans because this just works much better in English. <laughs> you can do more wordplay in this sense. The other day in Afrikaans I shared on umdat and swedat, and that didn't work in English again. So you, you, need, to, you need to work with what you've got. Amen? Come and follow me. Verse 22 says, And at once they left their boats and their father. And began to follow Jesus. Follow me and I will transform you. Romans 12, 2 echoes this. It says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, often we, 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 we want to fight the world because we don't want to conform to the world, but now we conform where the fight is. What happens is, like take America for instance, they've got two political parties. So now they take the fight to where the fight is, so they take the fight to the political arena. That is conforming to the world, even if you're fighting for truth. Because truth is not a political stance. Truth is a person, and that person is Christ. Millions or billions of dollars are spent, can I say wasted, on political agendas when we could have sent missionaries to change people through the gospel. You see, it's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation, not another political party. Not another worldview. I'm all for worldviews, Christian worldviews, but it only happens when people receive Christ. So we can shape the Bible in schools and we can put things up on the walls, but if that's not the gospel, it's not going to help. If there's no one going, there's no knowing. That's the other way around. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they go, unless they be sent? So the knowing isn't the going for you, but also for those who haven't heard. Because we can set on our, what Shane calls it, our blessed assurance. And have holy huddles and hulalas and hallelujahs and alles. But who's knowing? Who is knowing? Who, who, who's added to the family? And we don't need much, guys. We don't need much. It's not big ministries that get people into heaven. It's the gospel. Who knows the gospel? Who's heard the gospel here? Okay, so you all qualify. You all qualify. You don't need a certificate. You don't need another Bible school. You don't, I mean, we started School of the Believer yesterday. It was profound. We, who was in School of the Believer? Look at those hands. Was it good? It was amazing. You didn't need that. It helps. I was there. It helps. <laughs> it stirs you up. It reminds you. It focuses you. It calibrates your focus. That's why we do it. But you didn't need it if you have known the message before. But it helps. But it helps us give vision and structure. Be not transformed by the, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. That's not three steps. That's one thing. The good, acceptable, the well-pleasing, the fully agreeable, the perfect for who? For you and I. We think we give up so much when we have to follow Christ. No, we don't. We gain so much. We get to join the adventure of faith. Like I said, Peter would go back in an instant and choose again to follow Christ. To leave his nets. Just after a massive catch, by the way. That's how the enemy often works. You want to step into your calling. You step into your destiny. Now there's talks of promotion. There's talks of a bonus. There's talks of a share structure. I know. I left many shares at ShopRite. 
because it's not about the way. It's not to conform. It's about living life. And guess what? I will say again in an instant. It is living His way. That's the, other cha- that's the challenge. Come follow my way, Jesus said. He didn't join them on their way. He invited them to His way. No, I have to say Yahweh. No? <laughs> it's only one way and it's Yahweh. Yo, I'm getting corny. It's not our will, but His will. It's not our way, but His way. Now listen to this, John 10. We looked at this last week. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way. You see, once this goes off, you see it everywhere. Some other way. What is the other way? It's not Jesus. Whatever is not Jesus is in the way. It's not the way. That is a thief and a robber. Now we go on and we're going to skip for time to verse 10. It says the thief. Who's the thief? The other way. Any other way. Buddhism. Islam. Self-effort. Religious Christianity. It's easy to say Buddha. It's easy to say all those things. Yes, yes, amen. But self-righteousness. Self-effort. Falling from grace. You see, Joshua was still in the fight whether the hands were up or not. But it is when the hands were up, when the picture of Christ was clear, that's when the victory came. It's the same here. The thief and the robber. Why? Because there's a killing, there's a stealing, and there's a destroying. I come that you might have life and that you may have it till it overflows. You see, when, 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 when the way is stolen, truth is killed, and life is destroyed. When we get out of the way, there's murder, there's death. The Afrikaans say slachten. Lekker. Slachten. And then destruction. This goes back to Exodus 17. When they're out of the way, people died. And when they're out of the way, there was destruction. But when they were in the way, the way of the cross, there was truth. There was So the thief, anything that is not Jesus, that's how we should say that. Because Jesus said, there's no other way to the Father. So is your truth in the way? When the way is stolen from us, we see the killing of the truth, which leads to the destruction of life. Remember, the book of Acts, people were were called people of the way. Acts 19.23 And the same time there arose no small stir about that way. The message says, but before we got away, a huge ruckus occurred over what was now being referred to as the way. Why? Why? Because people could see it. These guys do life different. These guys do life different. eh? They're doing it in a different way. What are we going to call them? People of the way. Because it was so contrary to the world system or the world's way, it was known as the way. Amen? Now, Jesus extends this invitation to us. He extends it to a broader audience in Matthew 11, 28. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
You know, rest comes after the victory. I will give you rest. Exodus 17, come to me. Come to the cross. Come to my way. And now when did the Israelites rest? After Amalek was destroyed. Come to me. Come away with me, the message says. Come, come watch with me. Come walk with me. Come see how I do it. Come rest with me. Come join my way and I will transform your life. You know, Moses said, I wouldn't go if God doesn't go with me. He knew God. He knew God. Abraham didn't know where he was going. See, the life of faith is the, way, is the life of the way. He didn't know where he was going. The word says he didn't know where he was going, but he went. Sojourning, that's a big English word, with God. Adventuring with God. Stepping out in faith. Because, why? What gives him the boldness to go? The word says he was a friend of God. I've done big road trips with friends. Like crazy road trips. Once we came to Cape Town from Pretoria for a long weekend to watch a rugby match in Newlands. That's the type of... When we drove. Okay? Other one we did is we went from Pretoria to Mossel Bay. Bochum's Bay. From Bochum's Bay to Melkbostrand. From Melkbostrand to Windhoek. From Windhoek to... What is on the coast there? Henty's Bay. From Henty's Bay back through Botswana to Pretoria. Six and a half thousand kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't 24 and a liter, was it? No? We did another one. We went from Pretoria to Arare. We did ministry work there. We dropped off food in 2008. Uh, we were chased by the police. It was crazy stories. Then we went to Kariba. We went to the Vic Falls up in, so that's all the way up Zimbabwe. We went into Zambia. We came down the Caprivi and we came down through, uh, we did some tiger fishing. I didn't catch anything, by the way. But uh, at least I'm a fisher of men. And um, we came back to Pretoria. Why am I telling you this? It's memories engraved in my heart. It is where transformation happened. On that last trip specifically, I remember the morning of my uncle's funeral. He died of lung cancer. He didn't smoke one cigarette in his life. He died of lung cancer at the age of 45. I stood in his funeral and I said, Lord, life is short. He says, yes, stop being afraid. You know why he died? Because we didn't know how to pray. We pray if it be your will. God heal if it be your will. I will never pray that again. I know the will of God is to heal. I know the will of God is to save. I know the will of God is to raise the dead, not to kill anyone. Amen? I'm better equipped because we can't stay where there's no fruit. But what happened there, God said to me, Peter, stop being afraid. And I said, Lord, I want to. That night, 2008, you can go look at the newspapers, it was havoc in, in, in Zimbabwe. It was crazy town. It was burnt cars, burnt trucks, it was war, war veterans, all of that. That night I get a, I think it was a mixed still probably, or a BBM, Blackberry message, <laughs> from a friend. He says, we're going to Zimbabwe, please come with. I'm like, what are we going to do? No, we're going to take food to a pastor and then we're going to go further. I'm like, no ways. I'm not stupid. No ways. Half an hour later, another friend, are you coming with? We're going on this trip. I make this deal with God. I said, God, I'm going to ask my parents, knowing full well my parents will definitely not let me go because I'm the oldest child, I'm well looked after, I'm responsible. I said, God, if my dad says I'll go, then I'll go. But obviously, like, that's just my way of, 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 of getting out. That morning, 8 o'clock, I get up, stand in the kitchen, my dad's making tea. I said, Dad, guess what? So-and-so asked me to come with them to Zimbabwe. 
expecting my dad to turn around and say, absolutely not. And he looks at me, says, yeah, I think you should go. <laughs> I won't say I was disappointed, but you know, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily jubilee, in, in jubilee because of it. But you know what happened on that trip is I, God dealt with my fear. Fear of life, fear of performance, fear of man. But it wasn't one specific thing. There's not one thing. I, maybe you think it's when we whitewater rafted down the Zambezi. And when we encountered six meter crocodiles and just embanked right there where they were five minutes ago. Or when we went and were chased by the police in Arare. Or when we had to go through a xenophobia time, two kilometer uh, queue to get just through Bite Bridge. Or when we did tiger fishing. Not, I, I can't say what it was, but it was on the way. It was on the trip. It was in the journey. It was small little things, conversations that were had, seeing how people lived, seeing how people are not afraid to give it all for the mission. We prayed there for people that died two weeks later of cholera. Living the life of, of, of missionaries in Arari, the testimony is not that they died, the testimony is that they laid down their life. They were willing to stay, willing to minister, willing to, to, to fight the good fight, willing to live in the way. And on that way, I got released of fear. On the way, I got to know God better. I got to see a side of God that is not just white picket fences. I got to see a side of God that was not just church. But it was church on the way. It was mission. It was going out. It was sharing the gospel. It was teaching people. It was, it was supporting people who do. I will never be the same again because I was on the way. And I haven't gotten off the way. Now, we're not always bold and always as much and, and as pumped and as, 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 as full of what we want to be. But, but let's grow. Let's live this truth way. This way of truth. This way of life. Because Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know what his Lord does. But I call you friends. You see, when I went on all those trips, it was always with friends. All three of them. It was with friends. The one is now my wife. We got to know each other on the way. We met in Swaziland on a mission trip. We were on the way. We were going somewhere. You see, a lot of people are waiting for life to come to them where Jesus said, go. A lot of people are waiting for God to show up when Jesus said, go. A lot of people are waiting for the green light when Jesus said, go. You see, the way is, 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 is not stagnant. It's not style. It's not, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast, but it's always moving. We're always going. We're constantly thinking, Lord, where are we? What is the church? What are we doing? Where should we be going? Where is outreach? How do we change things? How can... Because as we go, God directs and God moves and God instructs because why? He is the God of the way. Philippians 2.12 My dear friends, you always obeyed what you were taught, just as you obeyed when I was with you. I'm reading the ERV. It is even more important for you to obey now that I'm not there. So you must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. I think it takes a bit of poetic license there, but I'm using it. Continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. Continuing to live in the way. You see, we all have a part to play in this adventure. We get to do it together, but let's join the way. 
Ephesians 4.17, and I'm closing with this. Let's start with, with verse 16. It says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What a beautiful, beautiful statement. Saying we all have a part to play, and when we all play our part, we all grow together. I love the word they compacted. It means we get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer together. Now some of you are, are aware of this. We, we, like Jock said, we see each other during the week so many times now. We, we, we're doing this life together. It's like, but we're doing it not inwardly. We're doing it together so we can live outwardly. We're meeting for outreach and we're praying and we're stirring up a storm and then we're going. And then we're coming back and we're debriefing and we're coaching and we're learning. What did you learn? What did you encounter? What can we celebrate? Okay, let's go again. Let's go out. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it again. Let's come and let, let's be equipped. Okay, what did you do at work? Who did you share the gospel with? Who is Christ to you? What is your new revelation? And then we share together. A lot of what I share on a Sunday is literally just the highlights of my week. Because I have these anchors. I have these pit stops because I'm on the way. But you need to have some pit stops. You need to refuel. You need some fresh tires. You need to move forward. You need to connect with believers and then share with the world. Connect with believers. Share with the world. That is the way of Christ. Now listen to verse 17. It says, So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. They're walking. They're going somewhere, but it's empty. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. They have a blindness of their heart so they don't know where they're going. One thing you don't want to do is have a blind person behind the wheel. That doesn't require faith. That's stupidity. Amen. <laughs> We need to know where we're going, so we need to know the way. Like Jesus said, you know the way, and you know where we're going. That's why we had Vision Sunday. We want to share with you clearly where this church is going. Where are we moving to? Who are we reaching to, out to? Be it, but you have not so learned Christ, verse 20. If so be that you have heard Him, and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. So I'm asking you again this morning, is your truth in the way? Because if your truth is in Jesus, then it's in the way. Capital W. If it's not in Jesus, then it's a hindrance, then it's in the way. The way of other people receiving. John 14.6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Say no one. How many are those? Zero. Nothing. Nada. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So why do we not give them Jesus? If that is the only way. No program. No self-help. Not even prayer. The gospel. Romans 1.16. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It's all he had. It's all he needed. Because it's the power of God. The people who know their God shall be strong. And carry out great exploits. How do we know God? We know Him on the way. We know Him as we go. We know Him where Christ is. And where Christ is, is inside. We are never alone. The way of Christ is the never alone, never ever alone way. 
Sometimes you need a brother to pray for you. You need a, a, someone. You need a sister. You need. But we have Christ. And when we have Christ, we can be about His ways. And His ways are higher than our ways. But now we know those ways. We know it's about people. We know it's about eternity. We know it's about life. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.